0: Amen. How many of you are thankful for that tonight? That when He was on the cross, not only was He thinking about those who were probably worthy, but He saw you and I who probably were not so worthy. Amen. And He died for all, and while I was yet a sinner, while I was still in my mess, He loved me and He died for me. Amen. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God tonight so glad to have each and every one of you here. I know that sometimes when you know there's a bunch of people already not going to be there, there's that thing in the back of your head that tells you, well, you could just stay home too since there's a bunch of people already not there. But thank you so much for being faithful tonight. I will say after all the songs we've heard tonight, there's nothing more powerful than what we have been singing about. The blood, the cross, the name of Jesus. There is nothing that can save like those things. There is nothing that can heal and deliver like those things. And there is no message our world needs to hear more tonight than the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What we sing about tonight is that gospel message that we ought to share with the whole world. And I pray that the worship that was in this place tonight would go home with you, and these songs would resonate in your spirit all week long, that you would think about what was sung. It would be more than just words, but it would get down in your heart and really touch you. Amen. If you would, turn with me your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, we'll begin reading at verse 1. And before you can get to Acts chapter 3, I just want you to know you've got to go through Acts chapter 2 first, okay? I want you to understand that tonight. Before you start getting any further, you've got to take a pit stop at Acts chapter 2 before you even get started on this journey. And most of us here tonight, I hope every one of us in here tonight know what that chapter entails. So we're going to begin with Acts 3 tonight and jump right in at verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried And they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And boy, was he in for a surprise. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he, leaping up, stood And walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This morning I preached, when all I have is all he needs. Tonight I want to talk to you on the subject, when all we have is all they need. When all we have is all they need they need. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for your presence that is so strong in this place tonight. God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to come into this place. God, that we would truly have a book of Acts experience. God, that you would touch our lives tonight, that we would be forever changed. God, that you would help us, God, to get your word out. That you would help us and use us, God, to deliver your gospel. God, to every person that we see. God, for it's what our world needs today. God, and we give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. You can be seated tonight. We live in a world today that doesn't need much of anything. We have it all, money, wealth, fame, and fortune. And Brother Hughes even mentioned it the other day. He said, most of us have more now than we have ever had. We have all that we need. But there is a void in people who do not know God. I can't even imagine trying to live a life without God. A woman by the name of Annie Hawks said, I was busy with my regular household tasks. During a bright June morning in 1872. When suddenly I became so filled with the sense of nearness to the master. That wondering how one could live without him. Either in joy or pain. These words were ushered into my mind. The thought at once taking full possession of me. I need thee every hour. And from there she went on to write the song we all know and love. I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need thee. I can't imagine not knowing what his presence feels like. I am fortunate enough to have been born and raised in the church and in truth. But unfortunately there are many who have never been through the doors of a church And many more who have never been in an apostolic church service. To them, a few songs and a good word from pastor is good enough. Then we can go home and eat fried chicken and wings and watch the football game. But there comes a day when they are tired of living in the same day-to-day rut that they find themselves in. They get frustrated with life's letdowns. You see, this man was born into an issue. He was born a crippled He didn't ask to be crippled. He didn't do anything crazy in his life that led to this handicap. He didn't ask his mom and dad to please make him that way. It was just the way that it was. Every day he depended on someone else. Every day he depended on others to get him to the gate. Every day he had to ask somebody, Hey, if you're going by that way, could you pick me up literally and carry me to where I've got to be? In the East, it was the custom for beggars to sit at the entrance to a temple or a shrine. Because such a place was considered the best of all stances. Because when people are on their way to worship God, they are typically more generous to their fellow men. Because a love for God and a love for man must go hand in hand. For this man to be here at this place every day. And and be passed by by the same people every day. I'm sure it was a hot spot. I'm sure it was the place to be. I'm sure he knew right where to sit. Just how to position himself where nobody could get by without noticing him. If it wasn't working for him, surely he would have found some other place to be. But obviously for him to be there every single day, it was the hot place to be if you were looking for alms. It was the place to be if you were looking for a handout. It was the place to be if you needed something from someone. The Bible even tells us that those inside knew who he was. He was the local beggar. Everyone knew his name and everyone knew his story. They would give when they had it. But how many walked by him every day not really hearing him? How many walked by him pretending like they didn't see him and pretending like they didn't hear him like we do to the men in the mall at the kiosks? If I just keep walking and if I walk fast enough and I keep my head down and act like I've got some place to be, then perhaps they won't stop me. Perhaps they won't ask to touch my hands or perhaps they won't ask to touch my hair. I've just got somewhere I've got to be and I don't need anybody stopping me. I don't need anybody hindering me. Maybe if I don't look at him, he won't notice me. Maybe if I walk like I'm in a hurry, he will understand But some, no doubt, stopped to help this man. I'm sure some gave generously. But how sad to come to a place where you can listen to the prayers of God's people. But you cannot truly be in His presence for yourself. To just be brought and set outside the doors of the church wishing you could walk in there. Wishing you could be in a place with God's people. Wishing you could come in and lift your hands, but life has crippled you. So you're simply left outside to only hear of the good things God is doing for someone else. What a shame to get so close to the presence of God only to be dropped off at the gate. This is far as you can come, beggar. But on this special day, Peter and John were approaching the temple. And Peter could have been like us and just walked by and pretended like he did not hear the man or see the man. He could have looked at John and said, man, I, I, I forgot my wallet today. How unfortunate. Let's just keep on walking. But you're talking about the man who just one chapter ago was speaking in a new tongue. Who was in an upper room and God began to do a work in his life. And God began to prophesy through him and to tell the people that day how to be saved. You're talking about a man who was fiery and passionate about the things of God. You're talking about a man who loved God and wanted to please God. And so when he saw this man that day, he had compassion on him. You're talking about the one who had boldness come over him and began to preach the day of Pentecost. And Peter stopped in his tracks. And instead of acting like he didn't see the man, the Bible says Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Not only did Peter not ignore him, Peter wanted direct eye contact. He wanted that man to look at him so he knew what was about to take place. He wanted him to know I'm not passing you by because of your condition. I want you to know I'm not passing you by because of what has happened in your life. I want you to know I'm paying you attention. I want you to know I see where you're at. I see the hurt and pain you've suffered. And I want you to know it has not gone unnoticed. Not only did Peter make eye contact with him, but he began to speak to him. He wanted this man to know he meant business. And he looked at them expecting to get a handout. He looked to them expecting to get a few coins in his bucket. Because after all, he was asking for money, not a miracle. Though he was asking for alms, that was not what he needed. That's what he was asking for to get by. That's what he was asking for so he could make it another day. That's what he was asking for. So he said, I just need just enough. To get me back here tomorrow. I need just enough to help me get to church on Sunday. God I need just enough to help me get to another Wednesday night Bible study. He needed healing. He needed to get up. And he needed to walk. But he did not know what he needed. See the world doesn't know what they need. They tell you what they think that they need. And they have no problem telling you what they want. But we have to be sensitive enough. To hear their soul's need. But they are asking for things that will only give them a temporary fix. But thankfully, there are people still sensitive enough to say, I don't have what you are asking for. But what I do have, I can give you. What I have is more than alms. What I have is more than just a new pair of legs. But what I have is Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. But sometimes the spoken word isn't enough. You try to encourage someone and you try to give them words and tell them that they can do what it is you're saying. But sometimes that's not enough because even after he said it, the man apparently was still sitting there because the Bible says that Peter had to reach down with his hand and say, it's time to get up. It's time to be encouraged. It's time to stand up on your feet and it's time to walk and run and rejoice I can only imagine what was going on in that crippled man's mind. I was born lame. I was born with a struggle. And every day I wake up and I have to wake up knowing that somebody's going to have to come pick me up. They're going to have to come get me from where I am. Because you see, I cannot walk to where I've got to be. I've got to be at the temple gate. But the only way I'm going to get there is if someone else comes and gets me. And I could see that man sitting there as people passed by just wanting alms, wanting something just to get him another day through. But I could see him that day as Peter walked by and as Peter lifted him up on his feet. And he with his crippled legs began to stand and walk for the first time. He could have went home and told mom and dad, hey, guess what? These men came and they told me that God would heal me and they lifted me up. And guess what? I'm standing on my own two feet he could have went and enlisted right then in a marathon and said, you know what? I've never been able to do that before, but I'm going to sign up today. But no, the first place he went was that place he had heard others praying and rejoicing. That first place that he went was that temple where other people have prayed and received their breakthrough. And the other, the Bible says that he went in there. and 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 we don't know if the people were praying quietly or loudly. But the Bible does say that this man was walking and he was leaping, and he was rejoicing. It was more than just a quiet prayer for him. He was excited. I could see him running across that temple. I could see him singing a song we sing. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise His name. You don't understand, church. I was born a crippled. I was born not being able to walk. But these men came. And they gave me what I needed. They gave me more than I was asking for. They gave me Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to praise him. You can sit there and pray quietly if you want to. You can sit there on Sunday morning if you want to. But you don't know where God has brought me from. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. He went into that place. And he began to jig and dance and holler all over that place. He went into the place he had heard others praying. The Bible says walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him. Every person in there took notice of that man. He made sure every person saw his two new legs. He made sure every person heard the praises he was shouting. You say, well, that was a bold faith on Peter's part. Yes, it was. But Jesus told them to be bold. He said if they could believe it, then he could do it. In fact, he won up them and he said that he was able to do exceeding and abundantly above all they could ask or even think, according to the power that worketh in us. John 1 says, "...but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name." John 14, verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do. And whatsoever, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mark 16 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. That was the promise God gave to the believers. That's the promise that God gave to each and every one of us. That if we would only believe on him, that every person we touch could be healed. My god if we had that faith and we walked to the nearest hospital And we begin to walk in each and every room and say you need to get up and you need to walk You need to be healed of that cancer right now And I know it's a lot easier said than done But paul had just experienced something the day before John had just experienced something the day before Peter had just experienced something the day before that forever changed them What a promise Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye, say me, shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Greater Life Church, do you have the Holy Ghost or not? Are you a believer or not? Do you have what your neighbor is searching for or not? Do you have what that crippled at the gate wants and needs or not? How often do you drive by the man on the corner and never hear his cry? How often do we pass by the co-worker's desk and they are there every day? It's nothing new to us. And you say, well, they're asking for a handout. Or are they just asking me to pray about a situation in their family. I know what they are asking, but I also know what they need. They need Jesus. They have never felt his power. They don't know like you and I know what God is capable of. They don't know what they are missing out on. They have heard rumors of God's power. They have heard about other people's breakthrough. Sitting right outside, you hear others' prayers. Living across the street, you notice that they get up every Sunday morning and they go to church Sitting by you at work, they know you're a believer, but they are still crippled. Don't be sad tonight, though. You must rejoice because we have what they need. We have the only cure for cancer. We have the only way out of a confused lifestyle. We have the glue for broken marriages. We have the mender of broken hearts. And we have the joy that that suicidal soul needs The world doesn't need more politicians or doctors or lawyers. The world doesn't need more Kardashians and LeBron James. It doesn't need more Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Lady Gaga. It doesn't need more talk shows, gossip callings or magazines. It doesn't need more websites, news stations or bloggers. It doesn't need more Pokemon players. It doesn't need more movies or music. They don't need just another church with a cross on it. They don't need just a sweet feel good sermon. They don't need another piece of technology. They don't need smoke and lights. They don't need another free coffee or a donut. They don't need our money and they don't need our cute little 5 seconds players. They need an encounter with Jesus. They need somebody to come knock on their door and say, I know what you're asking for, but I've come with something greater today. I've come with healing. I've come with deliverance. I've come with a breakthrough today. If you want it, all you've got to do is stand up on your feet. If I've got to reach down with my own hand and pick you up. Deliverance is yours today. Healing is yours today. The world doesn't need anything else but Jesus. The world doesn't need more than the message of the cross. And his blood and his power. They need someone to look at them in their eyes of despair. And be honest with them and say I don't have what you're asking for. But what I do have I will give it to you. They need that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. They need a fire that is shut up in their bones. They need more than a little sprinkle. They need to be baptized under water in the precious name of Jesus. They need to speak in new tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it's not going to happen with us just walking by and dropping them money. It's not going to happen with us dropping by and giving them what they're asking for. We can walk by that man every day of our lives. And if we never give him what we have, he will die a crippled man. Peter was not the healer. Peter was simply a vessel the master could use. The power was Christ, but the hand was Peter's. They did not work the miracle by their own power or godliness. But the lame man was healed by the name of Jesus in which he believed. People ask why miracles have stopped. Certain suggestions have been made. That because of lack of believers, miracles were necessary to show people there is power in the Christian message. This is why when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, he said, I'm glad for your sake. Because some of you haven't believed. Some of you have been doubting. Some of you look and you see this man who's been dead for four days and you think that it's too late. But I've come today to remind you of who I am. I've come tonight to this church to remind you of what I am capable of. I've come tonight to show you it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long that son or daughter has been lost. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you felt a breakthrough. I am here tonight and I have come to show you I am still capable. We need miracles again today. People don't believe in them anymore. Doctors take care of us. Insurance covers us. Lawyers defend us. Military fight for us. Preachers pray for us, police officers watch out for us, firemen rescue us and medics save us. But there are some situations we face that no doctor can fix, no counselor can mend, no fireman can rescue us from the only way we are going to survive is if I somehow can get to Jesus. Nobody knew this better than the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said she had went to doctor after doctor after doctor. She was trying to find an answer. She had wasted all of her money, all of her resources trying to find healing. But she knew if I can get to Jesus, then everything's going to be all right. As a great doctor said, I bandage the wounds, but God heals them. For the true believer, there are still miracles on every hand if he has eyes to see. Pastor mentioned it last weekend to our leadership. But Brother Bernard has been going around showing pictures of miracles that have taken place in our world at camp meetings and youth conferences all over the world the last few months. And they are lining up with the book of Acts miracles. In fact, they are piling up more miracles. And in a faster rate than they did in the book of Acts. But we get discouraged because we look around in our sanctuary and we say, well, it's not happening here. I haven't seen anybody come in in a wheelchair and get up and run around here. I haven't seen blinded eyes open here. But you've got to know it's happening in the church. Maybe not this church, but God is moving You see, we look at the Bible and we see that church and acts that was taking place when it first got started. And that was in one location. That same stuff is happening globally right now. And we should rejoice in that to know it's not just in one city, but God's moving next door. God's moving in a few states over. God's moving in another country right now. Brother Andrew last Sunday night showed a clip of a man they prayed for who was blind. And God opened his eyes. This world needs what we have. One songwriter said, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. If I could rewrite that song tonight, I would say what the world needs now is Jesus, sweet Jesus. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is Jesus, sweet Jesus, not just for some, but for everyone. We don't need another mountain. We don't need another hillside. There are enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. What the world needs now is Jesus, sweet Jesus. Let's stand all over this house tonight. It is evident every time you turn on the news. It is evident every time you walk into your school or at your job. Every time you walk into the mall that we're living in a world that needs Jesus. This world is full of people who need Jesus. I need Jesus. They need Him and yet they don't even realize it. They have gotten used to life's handicaps. They have gotten used to everyone carrying them through life. But there is a better way. Silver and gold have I none. I don't have what you're looking for. I don't know what, you, what you're wanting from me because I don't have what you're asking for. But what I have I can give to you. And crippled man I can promise you it is greater than any coin I can give you. It's greater than any fresh dollar bill I can put in your bucket. It is greater than any food that I could bring you to help you make it another day. What I can give you is eternal. What I can give you will give you new legs. It will put a praise in your heart. What I can give you will take you from who you are and give you a better life. Those prayers you have heard people pray and If you'll listen to me and you'll let me work in your life. Then you can pray those same prayers. Neighbor, I know you've seen me go to church on Sunday morning, but I've come to tell you, if you'll come to church with me, I promise you can experience the same thing that I've experienced. God can save you and your family just like He saved me. I know I dress up in my suit and tie on Sunday. But if you could have seen me years ago, it wasn't always this way. But let me tell you my testimony. Let me tell you what God did for me. He found me when I was a no good sinner. He died for me and he rose again and he cleansed me with his blood. He washed me in his love and I went down in the water and came out a new creature. That's what God did for me. I open these altars tonight for those that need that fresh fire. You see, they had just come from Acts chapter 2. They had felt the Holy Ghost in such a special way that when they left that upper room, they wanted to tell everybody. They wanted to touch every heart. They wanted to reach every broken and lost soul. They were out looking for somebody who was hurting. They were out looking for an opportunity to do something great for God. God, this world needs you. God, this world needs to hear your message. God, I can't hold it in any longer. God, I pray right now that you would baptize us with a fresh burden. God, put a fresh desire back in us. God, every child that we see, God, let us invite them to church. God, if we've got to get a bus to go pick them up, God, then we'll do it. God, if we've got to have an army, God, to go and reach out. God, and knock doors, talk to people in the mall, talk to our family members. God, they've got to have you. God, I don't have anything else I can give them, Lord. God, but what I have, God, is more than what they need. God, it can take them from their broken life, God, and they can be healed and restored. God, use me. God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. God, help me right now, God, to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. God, when I leave this place tonight, I've already got somebody in my mind who I can reach. God, there's a name that's been popping in my mind all night. God, when I see them at work tomorrow, I'm going to tell them about you. God, I'm not going to go another day walking by them like that crippled man at the gate. God, but I'm going to stop them. God, I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to tell them they can be healed. I'm going to tell them they can be saved that they don't have to take no for an answer, God, because you have a better way. God, I pray right now for a fresh passion and a burden. God, I've got to be a soul winner. God, I can't keep this to myself. God, I can't be a hoarder of your things. God, I've got to help, Lord, share the gospel. Oh, help me to make disciples. God, help me to win a soul. Oh, God. Help me to do whatever I can, whatever I'm capable of. God, I pray for a boldness to come over me. God, when I walk by that crippled man, God, sometimes I shy away. God, I don't know what to say to my co-worker. God, I don't know how to bring it up to my lost family member. God, I pray for a boldness that would it come over me, God. Lord, that I would speak life into their valley of death. God, that they would experience something greater than what they're asking for. Oh,